Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. Week 5 of the Irishman running abroad, Road to Larne, the Antrim Coast Half Marathon. Was a busy one. Sonia set us the plan and quite a few of you struggled to stick to it, myself included. We will talk to our team captains later on in the show about the questions that a hard week of training and recovering from COVID have thrown up. I was definitely burning the candle at both ends, attempting to move home from England, attempting to do stand-up shows, jump into my first ever Irish park run, and of course do the biggest long run that Sonia has prescribed. Sonia, when you gave us that long run for Sunday, which was uh, oh, could have been as long as 24 kilometres, when you said, let's throw in six threshold <laughs> kilometres in there, did you did you do that? Like, what was the reasoning behind that? It was just to keep it entertaining, you know? <laughs> you get bored if you go out for a long run and there's nothing to look forward to. So I think if you start off nice and easy and then you get moving in the middle, and then uh, ease back again. Sometimes it, well, sometimes you hope that it would um, help the pass the time, the time to pass a bit better. Mm. And um, yeah, it really is just, I mean, because the thing is when you're running a half marathon, you're actually out there for a long time. So it's two times 10K plus extra. So it's, it's a long time out on the road, four times 5K, four park runs, a little bit extra. So you have to get used to, I suppose, a little bit of hardship on the long run and, um, just trying to work out what your pace will be mm. because when you start any race most people start too fast so i think if you can start to teach yourself that half marathon pace marathon pace is a very controlled running so it's not your typical you know race off the line as fast as you can you've actually got to get yourself into a a bit of a cruising pace that you can maintain for a long time mm. I made a, I made a, a bit like I, I made a total ball. I'll be honest with you, Sonia. Like I hear ex- everything you were saying now. I'm going, yeah, that's exactly what I did wrong on Sunday <laughs> with a gang of us out there in the Phoenix Park. I have to give them a quick shout out to start things off, Sonia. You saw the you saw the photos. Aaron Mullen, Cahill Phelan, Gareth Phelan, Emma Byrne, J- Jack Ryan, uh, Neve, Shane Garrigan, Jan, Jason Craig and his brother who was in town. James Gaffney, Mark Dwyer, and that's just a few of them. Everybody doing it together, had a nice cruising pace going. I kind of got excited. Is that a problem? Is that something as well you're trying to quell as well? That you start to feel, even if you start out disciplined, like you say, that you then start to get cocky? Um, Yeah, I think, well, I think when you're meeting people as well, there's a new energy there. Mm. So if you're just going out by yourself, then you can kind of, I suppose you can manage it much better and you can, you have to think about what you're going to do. And and sometimes it can be a bigger effort as well. Yeah. So I think if you are meeting people, then you do get a bit of a boost of adrenaline as well and a boost of energy that kind of, I don't know, you may start off a little bit quicker than you intend to as you're talking away and you're, you know, running and talking and forgetting what you're doing. Mm. Um, and before you know it, you're, you know, you're, you're caught at the fast pace yeah. and, um, you know, you can kind of get yourself into a little bit of a stress level where you push yourself a bit too hard too early. There's a long way to go yet. Mm. And you're not sure you can actually 
finish at the pace you want to. There's there's an awful lot of metaphors for life in what you're talking about there, Sonia, and I can hear the fatigue in your own voice. Uh, you had an unbelievably busy week. You know, when I say I was burning the candle at both ends, you really were coaching multiple athletes at the IAAF World Championships in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, how did you keep going when I guess there's so much excitement, there is adrenaline going, but you just have to keep getting up each day and keep focusing in. How are you feeling right now? I think, you know, when you're in the middle of something, you're kind of on autopilot and you just get up and you do it and you have your routines and we didn't have people on every day. So some days we had days off and you could um, do what you like, really. But you still went to the stadium because there was always good events on and mm. it's kind of exciting down there to go in and see what was going on. And so I think what really catches up on you eventually is you, as the week goes on, you meet more and more people outside of, you know, the circle that you're in and the people that you're working with. You're just talking to more and more people and you're just getting worn down that little bit extra all the time. Mm. And, you know, you're meeting people who you haven't seen for years. I met some college friends. I met athletes from, you know, years ago. To, it was a real big reunion of old athletes out here in Lovely. Oregon. It was one of for some reason, it had the attraction of people traveling from all over the place to be here. And people who are really ingrained in the sport, I think, more than anything else. People were worried that there wouldn't be big crowds in the stadium. And, you know, it wasn't absolutely packed every day, but it was good crowds, you know, and there was good energy in there, particularly on the last day, like last night. It was um, was electric in there and it was a world record final event of the night. It was a world record in the pole vault. Yes. Mondo Duplantis again jumping, what, six metres and 21 centimetres. Or over 20 feet if you go American. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I definitely watched it thinking, what must it be like to be in the stadium as these things take place and just in that energy yourself. I would say it wouldn't matter how tired you are, you still wind up on your feet, roaring your head off. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was kind of like a dance, you know, everybody stood up every single time. <laughs> and you didn't mind doing that because everyone just wants to get closer and get involved in the action. So, you know, the relays are always good at the end of 400 relays. It's just so much going on in the stadium. And, um, yeah, it's, you kind of think it's, it's so nice to, be able to be in there to enjoy this sport now, um, but also to be helping people to to compete. Mm. And we had just one athlete yesterday, Raven Rogers, was running in the 800 metres. And it was one of the like most competitive races out there. I think you could run the race again and you'd get a different result. Maybe at the front, but definitely down the field. So, you know, you're kind of trying to work out, you've done all this training and preparation and it all come down, comes down to, you know, this one rates and the result and that determines, you know, how you feel the next mm. um, straight, straight away afterwards um, and where you're going from there. And Raven, she was second in the World Championships in 2019. She was third in the Olympics last year and um, she ended up sixth last night. So, you know, as as much as, you know, you try to rationalize that sixth in the world is not a bad result. If you've already surpassed that, then you're going to be disappointed with it. Yeah. So 
then you have the extra job of, you know, trying to put something like that into perspective. And, you know, I've, I've been there myself in the past and I've beaten myself up a lot about what you perceive as not a good result. But if you have the big picture and you look at it, it's actually not that bad. And it's, you know, something that you can work with and, and improve on. Yeah, and just so much emotion, I guess, involved. It does cloud your vision, doesn't it? In in these moments, I'm sure <laughs> with all of that work gone in, it's hard to actually get that clarity that's needed. And while all of these events and all of these athletes, you're watching them going, oh my God, they're just in a different planet to ourselves, the regular park runners like me or new runners like me. Uh, there is an awful lot to be learned from it. And we really appreciate you taking the time to do this, Sonia, even though I would say there is nowhere you'd rather be than in your bed right now, recovering from all of this excitement. We are going to go around. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy to be up now. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, the sun, the sun is up and shining. And, you know, start a new week. We're good to go again. Okay, well, uh, I think you're being very nice to us there, but thank you for doing this. Uh, We're going to go around the parishes. We're going to get your tip of the week. We've got an awful lot of stuff to talk about in relation to our training. But first of all, we need to go to the live line. We need to get our team captains on here. Two very different stories from Ashling de Maison and Neil Fusco. Let's go to the live line. Talk to Char on 1850 715 815. Ashling and Neil, good afternoon to you. <laughs> How is everything Hello. there, first of all, in France, Ashling? Uh, things are good and very, very sunny and very hot. <laughs> You're on your holliers and still managing to train like an absolute beast up and down the hills all around the area. If anybody has seen Ashling's uh, training activities over the last while, Ashling, it's been something else. It feels like you're really in the swing of things now. Yeah, I'm, I'm so in the buzz of it. But, you know, uh, I wish I could find somewhere without hills <laughs> because <laughs> this week was, I, you know, I was trying to look at my time and then I saw the big hill and I thought, ah, oh, it's going to ruin me <laughs> now. Um, but and I actually, you know, it's amazing that the 26 kilometers as well, when you're not in your own run, your own area. Um, it feels different because, you know, you're out of your comfort zone. So mm. um, so that was new for me as well this week, just trying to figure out where the hell I was going. Um, yeah, before, But all good. All before, good. I'm in the swing. Before we go to you, Neil, Sonia, that's probably a brilliant thing to be doing is actually not running the normal route that you do, right? To actually throw yourself into something that discombobulates you a little bit. Yeah, when you get away from the regular routine and you have to find new routes, um, it can definitely change things up a little bit because you can fall into doing the same runs and you know just kind of knowing I suppose you go to autopilot and you just switch off and you just go and do it which can be good sometimes but then other times it's nice to change it up a little bit and I think I felt like that when I came here to Eugene there's lots of nice places to run but then you do get tired of it after a while and you think I just want to go back to running normal (laughs) runs and not running on wood chip trail. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for bears. Okay. <laughs> no bears this like week, Sonia, though. Yeah, um, no, no real bears. So nearly, I was running with Sophie one day. It was quite funny. And um, I was under time pressure because I had to get back for a meeting. And we were just going for a very easy run. And there's a park, Hendricks Park. I mentioned it before here. It's very hilly. And so I thought, we'll just go down here and we'll have a little run around and we'll come back. But... If you kind of go out of, out of the park, you end up in this massive 
expanse of just trails and grass and it's like you're in the middle of nowhere and because we were together we didn't bring a phone and we got to a certain point and it was like how are we going to find our way back from here because everything looked the same and um, then I saw this black thing up in front of us <laughs> well that's either a bear or a dog <laughs> Never a good so we sentence. thought we would run so we're running towards it and um Soby says, um, it must have been a bear because it was around here and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we go up the top of this hill, like that. we go up the top of the hill, we look over the top and we'll see if we can see anything. And there was a man up there with two dogs. And I thought, because that's what my thinking was, well, if it's a dog, there'll be somebody there and they'll yeah. probably have a phone and they'll be able to point us in the right direction. Yeah. Which is exactly what happened. And then we weren't too far away from where we needed to get back to. But of course, we were the whole time we're running, we're trying to run away from having to run back up a hill again <laughs> to get back. And eventually you just have to give in and say, okay, we've got to run back up this hill <laughs> and get back. Yeah, I saw and, Sophie giving and, you some stick over uh, not knowing where you are and consistently uh, saying, oh, I, I know where I, I am. <laughs> I didn't see, I didn't even see that. I, like, I haven't looked at anything all week. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. Neil, Neil's experience of this week uh, has to be, you would think is really unique. But what's weird, Neil, is that I'm getting messages from people like um, uh, Michael Kinahan and Mark Dwyer, all of whom are returning from illness and following your example. You've taken your time over this, Neil, and you've listened really well to your body. Talk to us a little bit about how frustrating it's been and how good it must feel to have actually seen the benefits of taking your time coming back. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's kind of like I dodged a bullet. Uh, never mind that I didn't get COVID too badly, but your words are ringing in my ears about coming back to it. When I felt good, I did like a bit of yoga and uh, core stuff on the Monday. So great. And I'd be saying, no, just wait one more day. So I felt great. So and I felt perfect on the Wednesday. Or Tuesday, I did one more walk. I thought I was easy into an edge, two minutes on, one minute off. And normally I kind of have a habit of just pushing myself, how hard can I go? How hard can I go? But uh, yeah, just that, taking that one minute off every every two minutes really makes a big difference. And I could actually have a nice run and really keep control of things. Mm. And, I, and had I done the run I was planning on that day, I'd have been goosed. Yeah. And so many people make that mistake, Sonia, uh, don't they? They're so just that's just so tempting. It's so it's like it's right there in you front like of you. Fun, fun. And it's kind of stopping yourself having fun. <laughs> yeah. Um your own athlete, Sonia, Jessica Hull came down with COVID. That must have been a, a heartbreaker in the middle of all of this. Um yeah, I mean it was definitely a surprise, you know. I suppose not a nice surprise. Um, she came back from the race. She'd run the 1500 meter final and finished in seventh place and um, ran like a, a very good race, as good as could be expected. Um, but she had said she hadn't been feeling well during the day and even the day before. But, you know, just kind of was trying to do everything she could to make herself feel good and be able to run. And she came back up to the house afterwards that evening. And she said, I think I better have a test because I just don't feel right. And, you know, you're nearly joking saying, you know, that would be, if she has COVID, that would be unbelievable. 
because you just don't think mm. it will happen. You know, you kind of think, yeah, I know we've got this far now. She's probably just having that typical championship tiredness and, you know, you're operating on a, on a knife edge really and you're quite vulnerable to any other illnesses that are going around. And um, yeah, then she tested positive and that was the end. She was due to run the 5,000 metres. And I was trying to say, oh, maybe we should wait 24 hours. She might feel better tomorrow and she might be okay. But as it turned out, she wasn't okay. And oh. yeah, she definitely couldn't run the 5,000 meters. So I had to take, uh, she took four days off, did absolutely nothing. Um, and then, you know, very easy 20 minute run, 30 minute run, 40 minute run. And I'm um, going to go and do some strides today and see how she goes with that. So that's so interesting that it's, you're observing the exact same thing that Neil and these other members of our squad are having, where it's just this like easing into the into the Atlantic Ocean. It's interesting how much of an equalizer it is. Something like as you know, a world class athlete, plodder like me, it's, it's all the same. It's all the same. The same. Like the yeah, heart doesn't care who we are. Yeah, COVID doesn't care. Um, We did want to talk a little bit, Sonia, about fueling and hydration today with the guys, because, Ashling, we don't want to go into too much detail. (laughs) (laughs) You had a bit of a nightmare that way on Sunday. (laughs) Tell us about what happened. Oh, man. Like, actually, I I feel like I'm officially a runner now that I've experienced this. Um, (laughs) But I, I you know, I really struggled to eat something before I go for a run at like 6 a.m. early. Mm-hmm. And I've been asked, I asked on the Strava group and asked yourselves and people gave me loads of different tips. So I was heading out on Sunday and I, I was looking at the banana at about 5.45 a.m. And I went, OK, I'll do this. <laughs> I didn't want it, but I ate it. And I waited around for a half an hour and then um, I went for my run. And I felt great until 17 k in and I went, Oh, I need to go to the bathroom. And I, I like, it was and, Sunday. Not, and not a wee. No. 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 And I, I, I it was Sunday and I was um, in, in a new place here in, in Biritz and I didn't know where I was going and everything is closed in France on the Sunday. And I was like, oh man. So I was kind of panicking. And then I found a tabac, like where people go to get their kind of cigarettes and, and have mm-hmm. a little bit of coffee. And I, I went in and I said, please, 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 can I use your toilet? Because it wasn't a public toilet. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> they let me and like, you know, you can see it written all over my face. But I, I was fine afterwards and I had a gel with me as well. And I knew when I was out running, I thought, oh, I have no intention of taking that. My stomach was not right. So um, afterwards, I was grand. But I just, I, my stomach is not used to eating something that early. And yeah, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Um, and it didn't work out. So I, I don't know how to fuel that early in the morning at half five or six o'clock when I go out for a run. Because honest to God, I usually just have some water and go mm. and I feel fine. Over to you, Sonia. So if you have some water and you feel fine, then why do you think you need to because, have more? Um, because, um, I've, uh, well, because it was a long run, that was the first thing. Um, I wanted to take a gel and I was, uh, the advice I was given was don't have it on an empty stomach. I couldn't stomach the gel anyway because the banana meant to so sick. But uh, because it was, yeah, because I thought going for a run um, on an empty 
stomach wouldn't be such a good thing at that early at that early in the morning. If I was going for my normal run at home, you know, I'd have breakfast, I'd drop the kids to school, and then I'd go for my run. But it would be about an hour and a half, and I don't have an issue then. Um, but it's the air, it's the time and space between going. And yeah, I think you might have to get up an hour earlier. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tough reality. <laughs> I, I find that's what I, I always find. If I get up an hour before I go for a run, then you can have a cup of coffee and you can have a little bit of a snack. Um, I normally have just some cereal and having it now that I make myself. I toast up the oats and add some dried fruit and a few nuts in there. Um, toasted almonds. And I think just something like that just seems to kind of take the edge off of any hunger that you have. But I'm not sure. But I'm not hungry, Sonia. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, that's another. I mean, I wouldn't be hungry in the morning either. So I think it, well, I think maybe the thing is you need to find a drink might be better hmm. rather than a, like some uh, physically eating something, like some kind of a, an electrolyte drink or a drink with some protein in it. Um, I was in, it was great. They had this Nike hospitality suite here. For the week, and they had a nutrition bar in there, and um, there was this company in there. Well, I've used their products before. They're from the UK, called SIS. They have this kind of protein drink that you just shake it up and with water, and it's very drinkable. And you just feel like it kind of gives you that extra amount of something. You know, it just feels like something that's fueling you. Mm. Um, and I think it's much easier to tolerate something than that, than, you know, a piece of toast or a banana or something like that, that you actually have. Then what happens is if you eat something early in the morning and you try and go for a run, then your body is confused because yeah. it needs energy to run, but it also needs energy to burn the food that you've just eaten. So it's yeah. kind of trying to do two, two things at once. So that's where I think you have to try and kind of find the balance of what can I have that doesn't kind of take away from what's required running and you just feel a bit sluggish sometimes if you eat too close to going for a run. Mm. Mm. Is it bad to go for a run on an empty stomach? I don't think so, no. I mean, it's not really an empty stomach. If you've had dinner the night before, Mm. um, you can eat, you know, you can plan your dinner the night before so that it's, you know, heavy carbohydrate based and then that would carry over to the next day. Hmm. Let me let me throw if this in early here, Sonia, because uh, I, I think there was a bit of back and forth on the group around this uh, idea that some there's some research to suggest that it's dangerous to do this. But what you're saying uh, is kind of the other way around in this, that you can actually you know, have a pre-meal the day before. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but dangerous to go run on an empty stomach. For women specifically, Neil Fusco is the one who pulled this information <laughs> up. So, Neil, maybe you you need <laughs> to jump just, in what, here. Trying, what's, the, what's the danger? Uh, <laughs> like well, burst well, into like flames. For long-term depleted running, hormonal damage for female runners more so. Uh, it's just... Um, yeah, completely to um, increase risk of stress. Yeah, the other things. Well, mm. that's, that's not for short runs, but for 
you know, long, if you do long-term running on uh, long runs, right. it can be dramatic. Yeah. And uh, where did you find this? This is the other thing. It's like, it, uh, what are your sources? It's, uh, it's uh, two uh, American uh, coaches. One's a, one's a doctor, an our research, research doctor, but a medical doctor for that. Tell you what, um, I'll stick it in the notes. This is what, this yeah, is what the uh, notes yeah. are for, right? So if yeah, you want to come over and join us on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad, I provide extensive notes to accompany the episodes because sometimes, you know, Sonia will throw in a drink like SIS and you're like, oh, what was that drink? Mm. <laughs> well, in the episode notes, you can find it and we'll have the research that Neil is mentioning here. I had a completely different episode in terms of my fueling over the weekend and why I'm so interested to talk about this a bit more, Sonia, because obviously I was in Dublin for the Paddy Power Comedy Festival and it plays havoc with all of the routines that we've worked so hard on building. You're up till 11. I wasn't on stage till 11 at night because that's how Dublin likes to operate. In London, you're at home on your couch by 11. In Dublin, on stage at 11. So adrenaline is pumping through your body till half 12. Uh, and is, so is Eddie Rockets a lot of the time. <laughs> so uh, I, I got off the next morning, Sonia. I was like, well, they don't have peanut butter. They don't have Nutella in this hotel. It's going to be white toast with jam, a banana and coffee. And to say I bottomed out during that long run on Sunday with the gang is an understatement. Do you know that feeling I'm talking about, Sonia, where it feels like, oh, I messed up the fueling here completely. My stomach feels like a bucket with a hole in it. Um, <laughs> what, what have you? First of all, Sonia, have you had that experience? And what do you, uh, what should I learn from that? I, I've had that experience more on the bike than running really and um they what they call it bonking when you just kind of get to a point where you're nearly yeah you're kind of out of it you can't go anymore you just run mm. out of energy yep and uh, i always think about people you don't run far enough that you get yourself into that stage if you're running for 90 minutes you should be fine there was always a theory before when you ran if you went beyond one hour then you're beyond your, like, easy carbohydrate burning level. God, so yeah, yeah, yeah. any, like, you know, floating carbs in there were used up and you were going to the fat burning then, and which, would, which takes a lot more energy to do that and it's harder work, so it's not, it's not as efficient as burning carbohydrates. Um, but I think... I don't know. I think sometimes people think you have to eat more than you do. I think in general, we eat a lot of food. We have a lot of energy in us that we could probably keep going for quite a long time before we would run out of fuel. Um, and I think people think you need more than you do. And maybe that comes down to efficiency as well. Mm -hmm. So maybe, I suppose, because I've run for years and years, then you become more efficient at burning fuel. So your body then never really runs out. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't allow yourself to kind of get into that state of totally running out of fuel. 
Yeah, like, so my uncle Louis, God rest him, uh, was a, a doctor, a GP that was beloved in every town in Ireland that he did a locum. He used to be, the, he was an incredible doctor in so many ways. One of the best ways he was a doctor in the west of Ireland was that he'd be in the bar uh, during a lock-in writing sick notes for the other guys that were there with him. <laughs> now, to say all that, uh, he had this holistic view and this is what reminds me of it Sonia that you say everyone's pointing at their food whereas obviously if somebody was to holistically look at what I did in the previous 24 hours to Sunday's run or maybe look at Ashling, what you had done that it wasn't just the banana you know what was happening in your life I was you know on stage adrenaline pumping through my body eating fast food getting flights, worrying about moving house. I lay on the ground after that run and I just knew the candle wasn't just burned at both ends. There was there was just nothing left from all of this. Am I right in saying, Sonia, that sometimes we're so prone to point at one thing that we forget about the so many strands to why you feel the way you feel when you're running? Yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of weird, hard to work it out because it's different for everybody. And I suppose it does depend on what you've eaten the day before, how good or bad you feel on the run the next day. And you can't always be fueling and thinking about your run the next day because you might be out in not your normal environment. I kind of like that feeling when you get to the end of a run and it's, you feel empty. I think it's great. Mm. Like you feel like you've actually emptied the tank so then you can start again. And, you know, then you really enjoy your next meal mm. because you... Use the ball, the fuel you have. Yeah, I can't say I did. I'll be totally honest with you. <laughs> I didn't enjoy. Uh, I didn't enjoy any of the next twenty-four hours. Uh, Can I figure out? Did yeah. you eat quickly that run? Um, did you wait? Well, uh, uh, all credit to the Phoenix Park Tea Rooms. <laughs> they do not have much on offer after that run. I had a rice crispy <laughs> bun, and I. I think I drank 500 milliliters of Coca-Cola as fast as my body would allow me because I was just like, <laughs> can I have sugar? I'd find if I don't eat quickly after a long run, because it's relatively, not, not like, you know, getting protein, but actually get calories in. I'm just goose for the day. I mm. manage it up above a three. I can't, I can't back up. Yeah. running properly my energy back up to the next day yeah and Sonia when you hear us like you say that you've evolved in such a way or you've adjusted throughout the course of your life when you hear us talking like this does it sound like we're different people to you or are these things that you relate to at all you know I would relate to it but I think I kind of if I go for a run and if I'm driving somewhere to go for the run I always bring like a, a mandarin and, and a banana and a drink with me Hmm. So that then you have that immediately after the run and that's enough to kind of tide you over a little bit until you're ready to have something to eat properly. So maybe because I've kind of, in my mind, that's how I break it down. So I just have these kind of, this is enough sustenance for me after my run. Yeah. Um, and it's a very kind of simple thing. So it's not something that's going to upset you. It's just very simple basic and it's just enough that you actually feel like you refuel a little bit after you run um until you get home and then you can then you can really go for it with some avocado and egg and <laughs> everything else that you like in hand 
Well, look, we've got a, quite a bit to get through. We haven't even gone around the parishes and we need your tip of the week, Sonia. <coughs> so why not come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad here. The second half of our discussion, we'll have a little bit more with Neil and Ashling and those things that I've just mentioned there. Uh, thank you so much for listening so far. And if you'd like to support our show, that is the only way to do it. You will get those episode notes, as I mentioned, and the full training plan each week. It's pretty decent value for money at £5 a month. Patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.